Thank you, Pastor Lynn. And I believe it's true that in today's society, we're in a society of the instant. And whatever we do or whatever we need to do, we want to do it quickly. We want to do it now. We want to do it this very instant. Busyness has invaded our lives. How many of you this morning would consider yourself to be a busy person? Now remember, we're in church, so you guys got to be honest. Okay? So how many of you would consider yourselves to be a busy person? Okay, good, good. Here's the second category. How many of you are so busy, you don't even recognize that you're a busy person? Yeah, all the guys who never raise your hand. Yeah, we are busy people. I am guilty as charged for that. And I'm so amazed that Pastor Sheldon would assign me this message. The most busiest person on earth. And as I'm preparing for this message, man, I, I've learned a lot just to preparing this message on busyness. We're so busy, we don't even recognize that we are. You guys ever walk up to somebody, maybe in Walmart or, or in the market, and someone that you haven't seen for a long time, and you go up to them and say, Hey, brother or sister, how you doing? And they just say, Man, I'm so busy, man. I've been working hard, taking care of family. And then they start rambling on on all the activities that they're doing. And I've got to take the kids to the basketball and um, piano lessons and, and ballet and, and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden you say, man, I wish I never asked. <laughs> you know? You hear it all the time. It's like a normal reaction or a normal response in today's society. I'm busy. We live busy lives because we live in a world of the instant. And we have instant everything. Let's take food, for instance. You know, I remember when preparing Simon took time. You know, you'd have to cut the chasu, then cut the green onion, you know, cut the fish cake, boil the noodles, get the shito ready, you know, put it together and then mix. And then you eat. Now, fill with water, put in microwave, press for one minute, ding, voila, instant Simon. You know, and if that's not fast enough, you know, my grandkids, and I saw adults and other kids do this, they take the shito, you know, the, the, the powdered thing, sprinkle on the hard noodles, and they eat that. <laughs> that's how much we are in the world of instant. We want things done now, this very instant. And then now we have these smartphones that does everything for us. If we wanted to send a message... Or for a ding, Instagramming. You know, we wanted to send something, a story of ding, Facebooking. You know, we wanted to send something to a person, ding, texting. Everything's right there. It's that quick. We are busy people and we live in the world of the instant. Technology has brought us into that world. And I remember as a teen, uh, having a lot of time on my hand. And it seemed like, you know, it took ages for school to get out. And in those days, if, if I wanted to talk to someone, and you guys all know this, that we would have to schedule a time to talk to one another. We'd have to actually make a time to and plan it out. And if I wanted to talk to my girlfriend at that time, which is now my wife, I would have to plan it. She would say, you know, um, 6 o'clock, I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you at 6 o'clock. 
And I would be out with the boys, and, and, you know, when it comes about five to six, I would run home, you know, and make like I was home all the time, you know. <laughs> Honey, I was actually home. I just trying to make this story sound good. <laughs> when I go home, I'm going to get good licking, but <clears throat> we live in a world of the instant. You guys remember this phone right here? Yeah, yeah. You guys remember that? The dial phone? You guys remember that? Yeah. We, 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 we have these iPhones now that can reach us anywhere, anytime. Those days cannot go nowhere. See this card right here? Yeah, you're attached to it. You guys remember doing this? Yeah, helping it out because it took so long. Yeah, we were so impatient that you had to do this. You have to make this phone. But we still attached. Yeah. If you wanted to talk to your girlfriend and all the mushy stuff about it, you would have to go into the room. Yeah. Now we have the new iPhones. Blackberries, Androids. Phones that can reach us from anywhere, anytime. We are busy people. Today, we, we're led to believe that we have to do everything in a hurry. And if we can't do it quickly, guess what? We think that it's not worth our time. It's not worth doing. Because we want it done now. Anything that takes up our time frustrates us. It irritates us. How many of you guys were frustrated this morning because somebody took their time getting ready this morning? Yeah? Raise your hand, brother, back there because you're going to get in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe you guys use this phrase hurry up, we got to go. Hurry up, brush your teeth. Hurry up, change your clothes. We got to go. How many of you use that phrase this morning? Yeah. Tell the truth, you guys in church. Yeah. Good, good, good. Thank you for telling the truth, you guys. We live in a world of the instant, and the hustle and bustle of the world tells us today that we live in a world of the instant. And today's million-dollar question is this, where has the peacefulness of life gone? Where has it gone? We live in a world of busyness. And this morning, we're concluding our series in these difficult days. And I get to speak to you about busyness. And we're going to discover three principles on how God has a cure for the business of our lives. As we're developing our relationship with God and, and building on our marriages, taking care of the kids and, and the family matters and climbing up the corporate ladder, doing this all at once, we're discovering that it can't be done. Why? Because it requires a lot of time and effort to be successful in these endeavors. And living rushed life isn't the life that God has in store for us. It's not. God has a plan for us. And he wants a still and peaceful life for us. The psalmist writes it this way in Psalms 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. And he speaks to us to this other scripture from Isaiah 30 verse 15. This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. In repentance and rest is your salvation. 
and quietness and trust is your strength. Well, what are these scriptures saying to you and I this morning on the topic of busyness? Well, it's reminding us of the peaceful and quiet life God has envisioned for you and I. We think living busy lives is the answer to life itself, but it's not. As a matter of fact, busyness is more of a hindrance for us than an answer. One of the reasons why we live busy lives is because we can't say no. We want to please people. We want to please our bosses, we, our spouses, our family. We don't want to disappoint people or make them or make ourselves look bad before them. So, so we do everything we can to please them. But that doesn't work, does it? We can't please everybody. Another reason is to avoid reality. Now, for some of us, we may be struggling with, with maybe some health problems or, or we're dealing with a bad relationship. Or maybe our marriage or maybe some family issues and we don't want to deal with the emotions. So we hide behind our busy lives. Many of us run from our past lives. Again, dealing with the emotions of a painful experience. So we keep ourselves busy. No matter how hard we work in today's society, you and I will always feel like we're behind or, or we're forgetting something because we've adapted to a lifestyle of busyness. Today's telecommunication revolution has now made it possible for our jobs to touch us anywhere at any time. Again, our cell phones, our beepers, our pagers are with us wherever we go. What has now transpired is there's no distinction between our job and our family time anymore. Our jobs touch us everywhere we go. Now, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, but it does interfere with our relational time with one another. You watch people in restaurants today. They're out on a date, and they're eating dinner with their phones in their hands instead of forks and spoons. Yeah, they should be hugging one another, not their phones, right? All right. You watch them when you go to, to a restaurant. That's what we, they're doing. Because technology has brought us into the world of the instant. Today we have so many choices offered to us. More than ever. How many of you remember that we only had three channels on the TV? Yeah, only three channels. ABC, NBC, and CBS. Right? Now we get 1,000 channels offered to us. From cable television. No, like, it's, 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 it's not a bad thing. But think about this. If we can get as much as, if we cannot get as much as we can out of all of these options that we have, then we feel like we're missing out on something. That it's not enough for us. And we live in an all-you-can-eat type of world. We live in the world of the instant. And we are busy people. And I want you to know that busyness, listen, isn't a sin. It's not. But it is something that the devil will use to distract you from the things that are important for us as Christians. Such as family. Such as relationships. 
such as rest. Busyness distracts us. You know, I've invited a lot of people to church in my time that I've been here. And guess what their number one reason for not attending church is? Yep, I'm busy. Busyness distracts us. In your business, how many of you, when you're doing things and you need something, like Pastor Lynn said, and you go to get it and you, you enter a room and then you're there in the room and you go, what are you here for? <laughs> yeah, some people blame it on age. But we are busy people and busyness distracts us. It really does. We live busy lives and God wants us to live a quiet peaceful, a prosperous life. He really does want us to live in that way. Business isn't a sin, but it can hinder us from the important things, things that makes a difference in life. Would you open your Bibles this morning with me to Deuteronomy 5.33. Deuteronomy 5, if you got your Bibles. It is also printed in your outlines this morning. So if you entered the sanctuary this morning, you were given a bulletin. In there, do you have your outlines? Deuteronomy 5, 33. And it states it this way. Walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that I will possess, that you will possess. And then we've been reading in our tabs in Jeremiah, and even in his time, God spoke these words through Jeremiah to to, to the nation of Israel because they're, they're disobedient to God and God gave them over to Nebuchadnezzar in exile. But you know, God is a faithful God and He keeps to His promises. His promise of prosperity. His promise of life towards us. So He says this in Jeremiah 33, verses 6 to 9. Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. And he's talking about the land. I will heal my people and I will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. I will bring Judah and Israel back from captivity and will rebuild them as they were before. I will cleanse them from all the sin they have committed against me and will forgive all their sins of rebellion against me. Then this city will bring me renowned joy, praise and honor before all nations on earth that hear of the good things I do for it. And they will be in awe and will tremble at the abundant prosperity and peace I provide for it. And here's his plan for us. The promise that came from Jeremiah 29, 11. And this is God saying this. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Guys, God has a plan for us. And the key for us to live in this prosperity, to live a long life and a life filled with hope, is to be obedient to His commandments and to keep it. In other words, we need to find biblical morals and biblical values for our life. And then we need to obey them. We need to prioritize our life according to His plan, His word. So your first feeling for today, to find peace and rest in our busy lives is to, number one, find biblical priorities to live by. 
find biblical priorities to live by. Well, how do we do that? Right here. The Bible. I can't express how important it is for us to be in the Word of God. His Word offers us biblical values, biblical morals, and insight of a Christian's life. If we don't find biblical biblical values, we think as long as we're, we're, we're busy doing my job, or, or taking care of the family, or serving in church, or being a, pro, uh, being a, a good citizen uh, in our community, doing things for our community, we'll be fine. That sounds good. But is it the truth? Is it what's necessary for our lives? Is it important? As Christians, we need biblical priorities. There's a story in the Bible when Jesus came to a village to visit his friend Lazarus and his two sisters, Mary and Martha. This morning, I want us to take a look at that story and and see how Jesus perceived as the one necessary thing for us to have in life. Would you open your Bibles with me to Luke 10, and we'll read from verses 38. From verse 38 to uh, 42. Luke 10, 38, 42. And it reads like this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are necessary. Few things are needed. Or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken away from her. You know, Jesus does something amazing here. Instead of convicting Mary for her laziness, no. He commends her. And he corrects Martha, the hard-working sister. But Jesus doesn't disagree with Martha's concern about having food on the table or or keeping a good home or in her busyness. He doesn't imply that Martha's intentions were wrong. Because Martha had a good heart and she had a good motive behind everything. She had a heart to serve Christ. But Mary chose to sit at the feet of Jesus And taking what was important, the one necessary thing, and that was to listen to what Jesus had to say. It's the same with us as we deal with busyness. It doesn't mean that everything that we do is a waste of time. Like Martha, we may have the the best intentions of heart. The busiest schedule filled with good things. But are they the best things? Are they the necessary things that we need for life? Martha was seeking approval from Christ to her performance. Look, Lord, 
Look how hard I work. I'm working much more harder than Mary. You know, for us as Christians, it should never be about how hard I serve or how much I do. The most important thing about coming to Christ is not what we bring to Him, but what we receive from Him. Again, what we receive to His Word. The necessary instructions for our life to keep us healthy. Because His Word teaches us the important things in life. And I got this assignment to do this message about two months ago and... I was already preparing, and I had uh, some, some, some good information and some good thoughts. And I kind of knew, uh, or I kind of had an insight of what God wanted me to speak about in, about business. And last week, I took some vacation time to uh, prepare for our family reunion that we had. And I was hosting at my home, and, and there was a lot of preparation to be done. And I knew that my brothers were coming in from the mainland. <clears throat> So as I'm thinking about the message and, and the reunion, I'm thinking about, wow, um, I'm going to be busy preparing all this stuff. And I took the whole week off. So I intentionally took my time to look at my schedule of how busy I was going to be because I wanted to spend some time uh, with my brothers because that's what a reunion is all about. It's acquainting yourself again with your, your family. So I looked at the schedule and I, I prioritized my schedule. And I knew that my brothers were coming in on Tuesday, so I called them and I said, Hey, um, we're going to work very hard on Wednesday because I have something planned for us on Thursday. And they came over to the home and we got the job done. And then I told them, Hey, tomorrow, meet me at my home at 8 o'clock. And they said, What? What, what are we going to do? And I said, We're going to relax. So I took them to a home, uh, my friend's home in Kapoho, and it was fantastic. It was a nice beach that we got to spend time with. And I knew that God had something in store for us. I knew that that's something that he wanted me to do. So we had a fantastic time enjoying the water and, and food and just reuniting with our family. When everything was said and done, I said, wow, that's exactly what it means to prioritize your schedule. Because a reunion, a family reunion, it is all about acquainting yourself with your family. So I have to prioritize everything just to, 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 to spend some time and reunite and reacquaint myself with my family. Now listen, when we sit at the feet of Jesus, and this is how I got that, he'll reveal to us the necessary things that we need to do in life as Christians. Even to the time of our busyness, he will reveal what you need to do. Jeremiah 33, 3 says it this way. Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. What is the one thing needed for our busy lives? It's sitting at, the, at Jesus' feet and getting into God's word and being encouraged every day for life. That's a necessity for us. And Mary understood that. Jesus didn't condemn Martha. He just moderately asked her to reassess her schedule, reassess her priorities in life, and to seek what is necessary, what is important. God doesn't condemn us in our business. He frees us from the distractions that business may bring us. 
so that we can serve and invest in the important things, things that are eternal, things that are, that are everlasting. And there are two things that matters and will last forever. God and people. God wants a personal relationship with you and I. That's what matters in life for us. Fix your eyes and your ears on Him and find biblical priorities. Find biblical morals and values in your life. And along with our priorities, God has a purpose for our lives. And that's your second point for this morning. In our business, number two, find your purpose for life. Find your purpose for life. Now, besides setting our priorities, we have to know our purpose in our life. If not, then business will control our lives. Because just because we, we can serve and we can do things, it doesn't mean everything that we do is worth our time. Or worth our effort. Only the important things is necessary. It's like going to a garage sale or to Macy's. You know, just because you can get an item on sale doesn't mean you need it. Some of you may disagree with that, but I'm making one point, okay? Okay? And the point is, if we can identify our purpose of life, we will know what is important for us. And we'll be able to say no without feeling guilt. Because we know our purpose. And we know our priorities. You see, folks, staying busy with activities isn't the same as accomplishing. Jesus came to the earth with a purpose. And with proper priorities, he accomplished his purpose. Would you open your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 1? Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 32. And it reads this way. At evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is looking for you. But he said to them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also. Because for this purpose, I have come forth. Jesus had a specific purpose, and it was to preach the kingdom of God everywhere. And as he's traveling to these towns, he's healing the sick and he's casting out the demons from those who were possessed. He reveals his authority, which even the demons respected. He remains focused. He gets up early in the morning and he goes to a secluded area. Some of us, we go to Starbucks in the morning. Well, he goes to a secluded area and he devotes his time of communicating with the Father to get his instructions to fulfill that purpose. We call that devotions. That's what we do. We go to Starbucks and we do devotions to get our instructions for life. Simon comes along and says, hey, Jesus, there's a lot more people who need healing. 
and deliverance this morning. They're looking for you. Now, this was a great opportunity for Jesus to preach and, and to teach and to tell the people about the kingdom of God. And yet, he leaves. Why? Wasn't it worth his time? Wasn't it a good opportunity for him? Was not the people valuable to him? Sure it was. But he knew his purpose, and in spite of the opportunities in the other directions, he had a purpose, and he held to it. Business clutters our, our purpose, and, and we can get so misdirected at times. And if we don't have a purpose or a clear direction of what we're trying to accomplish, then we will be dominated by what others will tell us or what others want us to do. And if we don't have a biblical purpose for our lives, then the world will set one up for you. It will. You'll live your life according to the opinions and the expectations of others, your family, your neighbors, your friends, your co-workers, the world. And one day, we'll all look back and we'll wonder... What have I accomplished in my life to all the business that I went through? Now, during the reunion, I could have stuck to my task-oriented self that I am. But the purpose of a family reunion is to reunite with family. And if I didn't spend time with my family at the beach, today I'd probably be wondering the same thing. What happened to the time? And did I accomplish what the reunion stood for, which was establishing family time. I found the purpose, and I stuck to it to accomplish it. This morning, I would ask you, what are you looking to accomplish in your life? What's your purpose? Don't allow busyness of life to distract you from fulfilling God's purpose for you. Find your purpose and fill it. Jesus did it. John 17, 4 states it this way. I, and this is Jesus speaking, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Find biblical priorities and your purpose for life. And then here's your third point. Find a new lifestyle. Find a new lifestyle. Don't give in to busyness. We can get so caught up in the worries of the world and get ourselves so busy that we wouldn't recognize it if it hit us in the face. And I pray that your eyes were open this morning to see how busyness distracts us from the important things of life, the necessary things that are eternal, such as our relationship with God and with people. Business isn't a sin. It's a distraction. And God desires a prosperous life for us. And He'll supply our every need. Don't worry about your needs. He desires a peaceful, quiet, and listen, restful life filled with hope in Him. He's given us the instruction manual. 
His Word. Right here. In it, you'll find biblical morals and values to live by. And then through obedience, we'll be able to prioritize our lives accordingly. We'll then find our purpose of why we are put here on earth. And how we can make a huge difference in this world for the kingdom of God. Not just serving in business, but serving where it really counts the most. In Him and through Him, we'll find strength and the wisdom to live our lives as He intended us to live. Ephesians 5, 15 to 17 states it this way. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time. Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is. This morning, I would say, find Jesus. And use your time and your life wisely for Him. Fill in your life what is important and what's necessary. Don't let business distract you from it. If you don't, then the world would use your life for what it wants it to be. Use your life wisely. Amen? You may close your Bibles and put away your notes. And would you bow your hearts with me in prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, we've heard a powerful message. And Lord, there's things in our lives that clutter our lives. And we think that we need to do everything in a rush, Lord God. But a rushful life is not what you had in store for us, Lord God, but a life of peace and quietness and stability filled with relationship with you and a relationship with people, Lord God. That we may have a joyful life here on earth. And you said that you came to earth to do that for us, that you would bring us life more abundant. But busyness actually steals away from our life. And that's something that the enemy would use to distract us from you. So, Father, this morning, help us to purposely prioritize our schedule so that we'll do the things that are important for you and for, for our health and for ourselves. And that we'll find the purpose that you've placed in each and every one of our lives, Lord God, that we may live according to your purpose. So that peace and, and quietness can enter our lives, Lord God. And then, Lord, would you help us to, 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 to find a path, Father. Make a road for us and give us the strength to walk that path. That we may create a new lifestyle by the renewing of our minds to the Word of God. That would actually find you. Now, for some of us, some of us this morning, we're here for the very first time. And you may not know the Jesus that I'm talking about, the Jesus that can bring cure for us in whatever we're going through, worry, debt, stress, business. Oh, this morning I want to offer you the opportunity to know this God, that He can come into your life and help you to, to find peace, to find the quietness and the peacefulness for life, to find rest. And if you don't know this, Jesus, then the Bible says, ask and you shall be given. And that's all it requires from us is just asking him to come into our lives. 
because he's a loving and awesome God. That he would give up his son to go to the cross so that we may have life and we may have it more abundantly. If your heart is to to receive this, Lord, then I'll say a prayer and you could repeat it after me. The Bible just says ask. So, Father, this morning, we would ask, and the prayer would go something like this, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to become the person that you created me to be. Show me a new lifestyle through you. Help me to live by your word and in your word. That I may become the very person you created me to be. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I believe you died and rose on the third day. And you now intercede on the right hand of the Father for me. And I thank you. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. That's you this morning and you said that prayer in your heart, with all your heart. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, I would ask that you would raise your hand so that we could pray over you. God bless you, sister, right there. God bless you, sister, back there. Brother, right there. Brother, back there. God bless you. Sister, back there. Brother, right here. Father, you see the hands, but most of all, you see their hearts. And Lord, I would ask that you would invade their lives, Father, that you would come and you would reveal yourself to your word and your loving kindness, Lord God, to them. Allow them to experience your, your abundance of love and peace for their lives, Father. Give them rest in their lives that they may know the, the one true God. So, Father, we lift them to you and we say thank you for loving us the way we are. And we give you all praise, all honor, and all glory. In Jesus' name I pray, and the congregation would say, Amen, Amen.